and look for alcohol um, because at that point, obviously, I really did know what it could do um, and the idea that I might come home, be brought home by the police, um, that terrified me. So I, I was, I guess, what you would consider a good girl. Um, I didn't want to do anything that would get me into trouble. Um, I was wound pretty tight, I think. Um, but I did eventually grow up <clears throat> and I did find alcohol. Um, and, uh, and just before I was 18, um, I went, uh, I was taste. The girls were already 18 or 19 and had, uh, the rest of my class had much more experience in alcohol than, than I had. And I guess it was that feeling of, um, wanting to be a part of when, when we had our final, um, dinner at the end of the year, they wanted to include me in, in having alcohol at the table. Um, and it was a little bit naughty, I suppose, to, to be in there, to look 18, to be included and, and, and to have alcohol. But, you know, nothing bad happened. And, uh, and I guess I didn't really consider back then that bad things could happen with, with alcohol. I was incredibly young, incredibly immature, incredibly naive. Um, but I didn't stay that way um, for very long. Um, one of one of those girls took me away on a weekend uh, to a uh, South Australian country town, and like I said, she had a lot of experience in drinking, and uh, she promised me a great weekend away, and. Uh, that included drinking, and I thought I would just do what she's doing. Um, and it turned out horrendously for me. Uh, I was not, I, I guess I assumed uh, quite wrongly that um, she would drink with me, or uh, I guess I don't know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I did expect that she would look after me and she didn't. Uh, I ended up in the gravel uh, with her friends, her male friends pouring beer in my face to wake me up. Uh, And then one of her friends had to sort of, you know, get me up off the ground. Um, And the next morning with promises of never doing that again because it was just such a horrendous um, experience. Um, And... You know, and, and worse happens, um, so I won't go into detail here. Um, and I guess I did promise myself that, that yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it again. If that's, if that's you know, young people drinking, um, you know, and I think I was 18 at, at that time, you know, then I didn't want any of it. Um, but clearly, um, the chain of events that were, were to be my life were the ball was, was set rolling at that time um, and it was to continue um, I met a new group of friends and and I guess I I had arrived into adulthood or what I thought was adulthood and drinking was a really large part of that um, and for an incredibly long time my drinking was very social it always seemed to involve 
my friends, lots of people, bars and clubs, and doing exactly what everyone else was doing. Um, I, I really didn't think that what I was doing was that different from anyone else. Um, I allowed other people to teach me what, what they were doing. You know, the first few times going out um, drinking, you know, involved people buying me, you know, multicoloured drinks, teaching me what alcohol was all about. It was that feeling of finally belonging, growing into adulthood, um, belonging, not being so naive anymore, not being a child anymore, um, finally growing up. And I wanted that really badly. I, I needed that. Um, I needed to not be a kid in an adult world anymore, but I, I was not prepared. I, I just was not prepared. And my, my drinking took me into really risky places. Um, and then when I wanted to, I could just stop. Uh, when something was important enough, um, I'm a lover of travel. And when I wanted to go overseas um, and I wanted to save some money to do that, um, I could stop the partying. Um, so any thoughts of there being a problem with my drinking, yeah, because I could, I could control it, I, I firmly believe that there was, there was nothing wrong. Um, and it took a while to actually take the thought of there being a problem with my drinking seriously because, like I said, when there was a reason strong enough, I could stop or I could control and that happened for a couple of years. I went and lived overseas in Europe and I had a very important job or a job that was very important to me. It involved the care of three young, vulnerable children um, and they were in my care for extended periods of time um, in a very busy European city. Um, and my job was also my home. So... Because that was vital to me and I didn't want to mess it up, um, I controlled my drinking. Um, and because I could do that, that allayed any thought I had about the consequences of the previous five months of my outrageous drinking and my outrageous behaviour due to my drinking on a little tiny, tiny island in Europe where it had, it had been quite scary at times. Um, but because I could control it, I thought, no, everything, everything's okay. But things escalated. And I came home. I experienced some disappointments. I experienced some. I experienced some tragedies, and 
my sensitive self, there had always been sensitivity in me. Um, really found a depth that I had never experienced before. And I, for the first time in my life at 25 and 26, specifically used alcohol and drugs as a coping mechanism. So my use of alcohol just went through the roof. And I was living in far north Queensland at that time. So every day was a party. I was in the hospitality industry. And so any day and any night of the week could be a party. And I wasn't living the Monday to Friday, nine to five lifestyle. I had suddenly... I'd suddenly found a lifestyle and a work environment and a group of friends that encouraged me to just live out my crazy fantasy of just doing whatever it was I wanted. And and it just fit with exactly where I was. It was just self-destruction time. And that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I did. But there was a time that I noticed about 27 or 28, I noticed that what I was doing was different. Some people were able to say no. Not everyone was staying behind every night for a party. Not everyone was partying until the sun came up the next day. There were just some differences that I was noticing and, and, and some people were still partying, but other people around me had things. They had relationships. They were buying houses. They had savings. Some of them even had cars. Some of them had those adult things that I didn't have a yearning. I didn't have a complete yearning for, but I wondered if one day I had a yearning for some of those things, how was I going to get them? How, how was I going to get those things? And I distinctly remember the morning that I asked myself that question, if I wanted those things one day, how was I going to get them if I continued to wake up with friends on my floor, sleeping on on my couch and on my living room floor, waking up with hangovers most mornings? I, I didn't have the answer. So I eventually came back to regional South Australia in 2003 Um to reevaluate things that were going on in my life and had a quiet couple of months until I just I just busted out one night and uh, again my drinking just took on another level uh, a completely other level and I guess that brought me to my knees eventually it took years but it brought me to my knees. It brought me to my rock bottom. Um, and it brought me to a point where blackouts were constant throughout my drinking. My self-destruction was pretty much complete. 
And whilst I wasn't a daily drinker, I was fairly sure that that was getting close. I hadn't the thought at that point that I was an alcoholic. I'd sought counselling for a drinking problem. My counsellor didn't describe me as an alcoholic, but I looked back and I, I, I thought I was being honest with her. It's possible I wasn't. I made the decision to stop drinking right at the beginning of 2011. I'd never thought to ever stop before. But I had an overwhelming sense that was an out-of-body experience that if I did not stop, if I did not try the very last thing on my list of things to try, that something very, very bad was going to happen to me. I had started to drink drive at that point. I'd done it about four or five times. And I'd always been vehemently against drink driving. So everything was just escalating behaviour-wise. And I just knew something very bad was going to happen to me and I felt that it was going to happen with a car, that I was either going to hurt myself um, or I was going to hurt somebody else. And either way, it was going to be bad. So I didn't have a drink for two years. But in that time, I picked up an alcoholic in a relationship. And not having the program of AA, I didn't understand just the craziness and the unmanageability of putting down the drink, but a mind that slowly goes mad when you don't know how to live life without alcohol but you don't have the solution that AA provides. And that's what happened to me. I put down the drink and six months later I picked up an alcoholic and my life became chaos. Um... I, that relationship ended and I knew someone in the fellowship and uh, I came to my first AA meeting. I had at that point, thankfully, uh, gently came to the conclusion that um, I was indeed an alcoholic, but I didn't have a full understanding of what that actually meant. Um, and it's just one of the millions of gifts that the Fellowship of AA provides, you know, an understanding of of what that means for me. Um, but when I first came into the Fellowship of AA, I thought that I just needed to come to meetings. I just needed to share my story. And all I heard, I think, were differences. Maybe that's what I was listening for. Um, I still didn't understand the disease of alcoholism and how strong, how cunning, how powerful and how baffling it is and how 
how easy it was to convince me that I actually didn't need to stay. And so I left after after about nine months. Um, sadly, at that time, um, there wasn't any talk about it being a spiritual program. I had no idea. Um, and no one was really talking about the big book. And I just had no connection to anything. I just, I just came to a meeting a week and had a little talk. Um, and I thought, I guess I don't really need to stay, you know. I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. And, and I basically was a dry drunk, someone who had managed to put down alcohol um, but doesn't have a program, doesn't have a sponsor, um, you know, is not working the program of AA, is not working the steps. Uh, it's just kind of winging it, basically. Um, but it's slowly going mad. Um, and I managed to stay in that state for seven years, seven months and 30 days. Um and for a large portion of that time, I thought I was actually okay um, until I wasn't okay. And I busted. Um, and that was in August and September of 2018. And the first one, uh, I expected it. I could feel it coming. I kind of knew it was going to happen and it didn't bother me. But the second one happened on the 10th of September, so nine days later, and that one frightened me. That one I didn't see coming. Um, my behaviour escalated very quickly. Um, and I knew I was about to spiral out of control. But I think it needed to happen. Actually, I know it needed to happen. God, as I understand him to be, brought me to my knees fully and completely in a way that has never sort of happened before and carried me straight into the arms of the AA Fellowship in Adelaide where I was given the strength to share my story with just two days of shaky sobriety um, in a room where they were celebrating a member's 10 years of sobriety and I felt like garbage. I just felt like trash. Um, but they always want to hear from the visitors in the room and, of course, they wanted to hear, you know, from me. Um, and I collected my first 24-hour trip that night and it's still one of my most favourite possessions. On that trip to Adelaide, I also collected my first sponsor I fell in love uh, with the fellowship of AA. I got to know it properly. I started working the steps. I started reading the big book and the 12 and 12. I have, I've gone to I don't know how many AA camps. I'm part of committees. I do service work. And now I'm more than two years sober. My life has completely done 
360. From that time, my life has turned around and the fellowship in my regional area has turned around as well, in large part, you know, because of what happened to me. I was able to, to take what I was being given by my sponsor and the fellowship around me and, and, and bring it home and encourage those around me. And, and we have grown and we have passed it on. And it's been an incredible experience. It wasn't easy and I won't lie. The first few months, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I could do it. I I didn't trust that I would actually get through it. But I share my strengths and my hope and my experience with others by saying that the first few months, whilst I wasn't sure, I kept being told to hang in there and I tell others to hang in there because I don't know when it's going to happen for others. But for me, by month four, by month five, I had real hope that that one day at a time I could get there. And now, with the God of my own understanding, I've handed over my will and my life to that God and I'm not trying to run my life anymore. I'm living well, one day at a time. I have no need or want for a drink today. And that's not by my doing. That's, that's, not, that's not me. That is, without a doubt, the fellowship of AA. And a power much, much greater than me. Because on my own, I kept my life completely upside down and lost most of the pieces. You know, a power much greater than me and the fellowship of AA helped me put those pieces back together. And so what it's like for me now is I'm not asking anymore what is wrong with me? And I asked that question my entire life, what is wrong with me? And I don't ask that anymore. You know, I stopped asking. You know, I know what's wrong with me. I'm an alcoholic. And that's actually okay. Because since I worked that out, my life has turned around. We have local meetings uh, for the full week in the local area. Uh, Monday's gala meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Wednesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Thursday is Two Wells at 8 o'clock. And Friday is Salisbury at 8 o'clock. There's a meeting at Daveron Park at 12 o'clock. And on Sunday there's a meeting in Salisbury at 7 o'clock. And many other meetings in the area. For details of your local meetings, please phone... 1300 And once again, if anyone you know is struggling with alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300 or check out their website on a.org.au.